welcome to Life Coaching on the Move. I'm your host, Dawn Fisk, life coach, trainer, speaker, podcaster, YouTuber. Um, By the way, these podcasts are on YouTube. I know that sounds crazy. It is audio, but you can listen to it on YouTube. So if you are trying to get a friend or a loved one to listen to this series, but they don't know how to download podcasts, which apparently still 50% of the population don't know how to get podcasts or listen or access them. But most people now know how to get YouTube. So tell them that Life Coaching on the Move is available on YouTube and they just listen to it on their laptop or their phone wherever they're accessing YouTube and they can listen in exactly the same way as you are now. So please do spread the word. Today we are talking about the power of five. Um, Five for me is my secret number, favourite number, uh, important number in so many ways. And this podcast is going to tell you why. I think number five is important in so many areas of our lives. And by just focusing on five, and I will explain much more, um, we can hugely improve the whole of our life and our well-being and uh, general happiness. So, listen in now if it helps and it's interesting and you think it could help your friend please do share it um it would be really really appreciated thank you so so much um just look at the website www.milestone-coaching.co.uk i have very soon got uh, some workshops starting so there are workshop dates up there um and there are small groups, only a few numbers of people go on them, specifically to keep it small and safe. So don't miss out. Have a little look and um, let me know if you would like to reserve a seat on either of those workshops. And there are equally some online programs that you can download to your own computer and do in your own time by yourself. Have a little look there. Let's now just move into the power of five and why I think it is a key number. Today I'm talking about the power of five. What do I mean by that? Um, I feel that number five is very relevant. Um, It's very appropriate and very important. Um, Whenever I say to anybody, what do you understand by the importance of five? Many people will say, well, it's getting your five a day. It's the portions of fruit that are recommended, fruit, vegetables, salads and and greens. Um, And we all know that it's widely suggested that we all aim for our five a day to maintain good health and and, uh, well-being in our nutrition and our diet. Um, So there's that. But I actually think five, for me, is quite a key number um, because it's relevant in so many areas. First of all, um, time management. So for a little tip in time management um, is to use five, just five more. Um, I heard this somewhere. I learned this from somebody else on a podcast or an interview and it really, really works. So I thought I would share it for you. So just five more um, or I think he says JFM to himself. So if you're sat working, you're at home and you're really, really flagging, for example, you're trying, you've got to, to write uh, a report or you've got to um, do a load of emails or you're writing a book or you're just plodding through treacle then just five more 
is such a simple, and I've said this before, have an eye on the podcast, keep everything simple. We complicate our lives so much. Our brain tends to try and complicate things if we can. Uh, just keep it simple. So you're flagging and you're toying with giving up and you're getting you you're procrastinating or avoiding or you just want to leave the room and go and put the washing machine on and the kettle on and check out the telly or check uh, social media whatever it is then just say to yourself I'll just do five more now that could be five more minutes it could be five more paragraphs it could be five more lines on that spreadsheet or five more um, figures on the spreadsheet or it could be just five more emails or five more f- telephone calls, if it's a list of telephone calls, just five more. If you're out in the garden and you're cutting hedges and your arms are shaking or something like that, just do five more hedges. Or um, cleaning, you just, just do five more minutes or, or something like that. Whatever it is, it is so simple and so straightforward and therefore so effective. It just keeps you in that check. And often you'll find that when you do just five more, it ends up being six or seven or whatever. But because you've almost given yourself permission that I'm just going to do five more, five more minutes or five more items or whatever, you've kind of set yourself free, but you're not yet. You're kind of bargaining with yourself and giving yourself some boundaries And that readdresses your focus and your attention. You focus on those five more. And that's why I think it turns into six or seven or eight, something like that. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll just do five more and then I'll think and one for luck. So you've just pushed yourself that much further before you've left the room or before you've given up and turned the machine off or whatever it is. And it means we're always just slightly pushing ourselves and getting more out of ourselves and not giving in. And we feel better for that. That's always a good feeling. You don't feel like you've shortchanged yourself. And especially if it turns into 10 more or six more or something like that. So that's why the number five there is really important. There's also, many of you will have heard me talk about this on previous podcast episodes or in workshops, or in fact, if you're a client, I often say it with clients, Uh, but it's not from me. It was um, said by somebody else and I have forgotten. I think it's Mel Robbins. I'm not sure. I hope I haven't done anybody a disservice, but um, the five second rule where when we're trying to get ourselves motivated to do something, then just do it on five. And she uses her five second rule and it is incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful. So again, it keeps it simple. And it what it does, it cuts out all that overthinking, overanalyzing, the angst that we put ourselves through when we're trying to procrastinate and avoid and get ourselves motivated all that self-chat that goes on and in fact we end up talking ourselves out of things if we keep it straightforward keep it dead simple cut all of that out and say right on five this is her five second rule on five I'm going to just pick up the phone and make that awkward call or on five I'm just going to press send and get that email sent and stop avoiding it or on five I'm, you know, in the morning, I, in fact, I was working with two people just last night 
both of whom were saying that they, they're falling into the pattern of sleeping in, keep hitting the snooze button, five minutes turns to 10, 10 turns to 40. And before they know it, they've slept in for an hour longer than they had wanted to. They had wanted to get up and do some bits and pieces and some self-care and things like that. But yet again, they've given in and slept in for that further hour. And then they have to be on Zoom or on meetings or online for work. Um, and the, the frustration and... I don't know, you, there's a part of you that feels you've kind of, uh, you're annoyed with yourself, you've given in, you, you, you're disappointed with yourself. And then you think, right, tomorrow I'm going to do it. And you end up pressing the snooze button and things like that. And it's things like that where we just need to make ourselves do something where we cut all the self-talk out. We don't allow ourselves to talk ourselves out of it and we just straightforwardly do it by on five, my feet are going to hit the ground and I'm out of here. No more hitting the snooze button. So the alarm goes off. Five, four, three, two, one. Feet hit the ground. Um, or five, four, three, two, one. Pick up the phone, make that call. Or, you know, um, I have a friend who, um, she puts a running kit on in the mornings at the weekend and has every intention of going for a run. She puts her kit on and she walks around the house with it and maybe does chores Maybe goes out, maybe pops to the shop, maybe has a coffee, what, reads the newspaper, a million one things, waters the garden, does the gardening, whatever. She's still in a running kit, maybe mid-afternoon, etc. Um, because, has the intention, but is trying to work up the motivation um, and gets distracted and procrastinates and avoids. And it must be excruciating. That must be really painful to do that all day. There's a lot of energy going into that avoidance. Um Whereas perhaps using the five second rule, right, I'm in my kit, on five, I'm just off. I'm off, I'm out, open the door, trainers up, laced up and you're gone. Um, I use it, in fact, I was sharing this last night with the group. Um, I think I mentioned this before that I'd trying out the, uh, the cold technique. Um, lots of research has shown that cold, cold showers, baths, cold swimming, outdoor um Open air swimming is supposed to be incredibly good for your immune system, incredibly good for your health and your longevity and your blood pressure and your heart and da 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 da, all sorts of health benefits apparently. But for me in particular, it's supposed to be very, very good for inflammation. And I've got various things that hurt at the moment, uh, struggling with painful shoulders, painful knees and all sorts of things. Um, anyway, and so I've been making myself three or four times a week sit in a very cold bath, well, freezing cold bath, no no hot water in it at all. And so I, I was telling them last night, I kind of hover over it. I'm, I'm suspended by my arms, hovering over it. And I literally do this every single time. I think on five, I'm just going to drop straight in, just sort of release my arms and drop in. And it works. It cuts out all that, oh no, oh god, no, 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 maybe not, no, 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 and, and the angst, and the hesitation, and the excruciate, I know I'm going to get in there, I know it's going to be horrible for a second, and breathtaking, but it, very quickly, after about one and a half seconds, it's fine, I know all of that, so I just think, right, on five, I'm just going to launch straight in, I don't overthink it, I don't overcomplicate it, I don't give my brain the opportunity to talk myself out of it. So the five second rule could be incredibly useful for anything, really, absolutely anything. It's just dead straightforward, dead simple and very, very powerful. 
So it can work in time management. It can work in behavioural management. It can uh, work in motivating you and achieving your goals. That's, that's the power of five. Of course, we've also got five senses. So we actually make sense of the world um, by combining all the information that we get from our five senses, by combining all the information of our environment through our sight, our touch, our taste, our hearing and our smell, we make sense of the world. And actually, we have to do that in order to survive. So our five senses say, save us and um, you know, support us all the time without us even knowing it and thinking about it consciously. It's doing it right now for you. Uh, that all your senses are combining and all of them are working in your favour to get you through and survive in your environment. So that's another five. Um, But for me as a coach and for this in the podcast, generally I love the idea of five areas of development, five areas that we could break our lives down into and spend time focusing on each of the five and if we allow time for each of those five areas and we dedicate time and make efforts and focus on them consciously then I believe we become a much more all-round happier confident well-balanced um adjusted happy individual and sometimes when I'm working with clients it's because one or more of these areas have been overlooked perhaps or neglected. Um, So what are these five areas? Well they break down basically in my opinion into cerebral in so far as I have talked about this before I firmly and passionately believe we need to keep feeding our brains. We need to feed our brains content constantly stimulate it, constantly challenge it, um, constantly excite our brains, give it new information, adopt a growth mindset, um, avoid a fixed mindset and encourage it to take on new information, uh, new sources of information, new opinions, uh, new skills, learn new things, new languages, all of those sorts of things. We need to be constantly nurturing and feeding our cerebral needs. Um, or we get stuck, we get fixed, we get um, blinkered views, restricted, habitual kind of existence. And I think it's really, really important to keep our minds open and grow our minds and our knowledge I mean, they do find, don't they, with um, dementia and Alzheimer's that we can stave some of that off by constantly, um, you know, as we get older and older, stimulating our brains through word searches or uh, quizzes and um, uh, mathematical and crosswords and all of those sorts of mental challenges. And it's important to keep that going, keep our brain active and keep it stimulated. So that's one area of development. And so my question to you listening to this is, hand on heart, do you, do you consciously spend time doing that? Or are you sort of um, sleepwalking through life at the moment because it's hard, it's difficult, you've got children at home homeschooling, or you've got real demands on your job? 
Um, and life is difficult, you know, and is this one area that's being neglected? Lots of my clients say, oh, I used to love reading, but I just haven't got the time. I'm so tired in the evening. Um, I just like scrolling through uh, inane stuff on the social media and listening or watching old Netflix series because they don't demand a lot of processing and they're on in the background while I'm watching things on YouTube and things that just... um, they're exhausted they're tired exhausted and seeking out things that aren't requiring much processing but what that's doing it means we're not feeding our brains we're not stimulating our brains or exciting it or waking up or learning new things and we can be nothing more interesting than learning new facts I love it when you hear did you know I was reading the other day etc etc and you share it you converse you tell it you share it with others um you, you know you can be talking over the breakfast table and gosh I heard the other day x y and z it keeps us alive it keeps us interested it keeps our minds broader and fed so if hand on heart, you realise now listening to this that maybe no, no, maybe I haven't read a newspaper or, or the Saturday supplements with lots of other information rather than just the headlines on the news. I haven't read wider around world events or watched documentaries or read any really interesting books or articles or um, listened to educational content or podcasts or watched any TED Talks or anything, then you can do that. There is so much out there, isn't there? It's mo- much of it is free. We The information's there. We can seek it out. We can. There are loads of free courses. You can learn things, um, hear about things and so on. So if this is one area where you've perhaps taken your eye off the ball there, and it may well be that this could give you a reboost it genuinely could be what's lacking in your life. Or maybe not. Perhaps the second one of the five, the emotional side. Are you feeding your emotions? Or again, are you um, are you plodding through treacle again? Because I know it's tough times, but these five areas, if we consciously spend time on the emotion, thinking about your emotions, maybe journal, I've said this before, it is incredibly powerful to journal and write down how you're feeling Um, or or with a diary, you know, write your emotions down in a diary or have a good mate that you can always talk about how you're feeling. If it's been a bad couple of days, just it's okay to have a bad couple of days. It's okay to not be okay. Who do you turn to and talk to about that? Who do you listen to? Who do you share emotions with in a two-way street? Um, so how are you looking after your emotional side of things? Um, can you cheer yourselves up with upbeat music, with upbeat, um, TV or comedy or films? Equally, do you need a good cry because things are hard at the moment? And once you've had a good cry, will you feel better? So do you need to put a sad film on? Do you need to spend time by yourself? And just process things and look after emotions or talk to somebody um, or write it down. You know, just looking after your emotional health. The third area is physical. Are you hand on heart looking after your physical well-being enough? Lots and lots of people now during lockdown are. I mean, it's great to see that so many people are outside walking, cycling, running. Um, 
lots and lots of people are out there. But are you out there enough? Are you out there regularly? Are you out there for long enough? If you can't go for a walk or a run or something because of work demands, can you get outside in the garden at least? Take a call outside in the garden. Uh, take a cup of tea outside in the garden so that you can walk around a bit, get some fresh air, um, get some vitamin D, get some oxygen. You know, are you looking after your physical well-being? Can you do some um, some exercise in front of the TV? Can you do a, a hit class or a, an exercise class? Or, um, you know, if it's pouring with rain, you don't like the rain. I still insist that we should go out no matter what. There is no weather that should prevent us, genuinely. Just change our clothing. Um, but there you are. Some people won't. So are there... Uh, physical things, active things that you can do inside. Can you get some weights? If you haven't got weights, you can use bags of flour or tins and your stairs, or you can do your use your own body, use lunges, star jumps, uh, squats, all of those sorts of things. So um, what way can you address the physical side of things? Because if you're focusing on everything else, but not the physical, you will... You, I often think it's um, it's a bit like a chair. You know, if you've got a chair with a wobbly leg, it affects the whole chair, not just that wobbly leg. Um, the whole thing rocks. Or a table, if you've got a table with a wobbly leg, you know, the whole table is affected. Its ability to hold a full glass or a cup of tea or something without it being wobbled and spilling everywhere is effective, even though it's only one leg that's actually damaged. Um, and that's a bit like this. These five areas of our life, if we're neglecting one of them, it will impact on all the others. So if you're not sleeping very well, for example, it may be that you're not getting outside enough. You're not getting daylight to your eyes in the morning to help all the melatonin and the sleep hormones. Um, so you need to get outside, even if you have to take your work out there and some calls out there or the children out there and do some learning or some exercise or get up an hour earlier. Use your five second rule, get up an hour earlier and go for a walk before work uh, in the morning. That will give you the daylight to your eyes and the vitamin D and the fresh air and the physical activity and good for digestion, everything absolutely good for everything which will in turn help your sleep because you're getting the daylight in the morning and so it will help your sleep and the oxygen and the fresh air and the physical movement so do something to address it don't just think while you're listening to this you know actually I have been neglecting the physical side of my health then now on on that on the back of that make a plan that you will do it, even if it's just for five minutes. One minute is better than no minutes. Five minutes is far better, five times better. So please, please, please. The other side, the fourth side of our areas of um, health and well-being, I believe, is social. Without a doubt, and I have talked about this so many times and passionately believe this, that so much research shows that with depression and poor mental health, or happiness research, what makes some people happier than others and how do people def define happiness and how do they achieve happiness, it isn't found to be what car they're driving, what house they've got, what level they've achieved at work, etc, etc. It is n never found to be that. It is social connections, whether people feel they have someone that they love and they are loved by, is the biggest factor of happiness. 
we are social beings. We all need people. Um, we need to have connections. Our, our, the human race's survival depended on us working together in tribes and groups and communities. We, we, no man is an island. And so how much effort and time are you putting into your social connections? I know it's easy at the moment because we're in lockdown and it's dark, well, in the UK anyway, it's dark and cold in the evenings and it, it's hard to get geared up and do yet another Zoom thing in the evenings when you've been on Zoom perhaps all day or on the phone all day or something like that. Or on your feet all day, maybe you're a, a frontline key worker, etc. And you're delivering and driving or you're in the NHS or something. Uh, basically, maybe you're shattered in the evening. But the one tonic that we can have is actual social connection. Even if it's a phone call, even if it's a, few, a series of messages... But I would say a phone call is better because you're having contact, you're actually talking to them, you're hearing their emotion, you're feeling their energy, um, you're conversing, you're spending time in their time with them. Or Zoom or WhatsApp uh, video call or a video call of some sort because you can see them, um, you can properly connect with them. And I know the best way is to be with somebody, to hug them, to hold them, to feel their energy and spend time with them. But at the moment, that may not be diff easy because of lockdown. But we can and must do things to maintain our social connections. Just checking in on everybody, just being there for them. And when I, you know, I had a lovely phrase the other day, which was don't search for a friend, don't go and find a friend, be a friend. So be, if, being kind and being a good friend to people and looking out for others rather than just looking for something back is so much better for our well-being. Giving and kindness and looking after and looking out for others is not just beneficial for them. It's hugely beneficial for us. Um, so it's a two-way street. It's a win-win situation. So maybe are you hand on heart spending as much time just checking in on your friends or sending them a lovely message or saying something lovely to them or just making sure they're all right and spending some time with them and family and loved ones. Um, and just making that effort, booking a walk with them or um you know because we're allowed to exercise booking a run or a cycle ride or something like that with them spending quality time with them or booking in a zoom meeting catching up on them um so my question is are you spending enough time on the cerebral are you on the emotional are you on the physical and are you on the social and then the fifth area is, is the spiritual. Now, I don't necessarily mean here religious. It can be religious for some people, but it's not for others. But we will all do need to sort of get in touch with our spiritual side. Um, you know, we, we may be all right with our food, our shelter, our money and our, our job achievements and all our material things. But we need to remember some kind of getting in touch with our spiritual needs, our spiritual activities for self-care. It's so key for our well-being. Um, they, they'll help us sort of nourish our soul. That's what I mean. Are you nourishing your soul in order to improve your emotional and mental health? So uh, it's not just our, our basic needs of food and home and money and a success and things like that, but it's far deeper than that. And it may be things like just getting outside in nature 
that can be very spiritual. Um, it may be, you know, listening to profound things or, or having a profound effect on our consciousness if we listen to certain things. Um, then I was once in a workshop, I don't know where this has just come from, it's just happened, I was in a work kind of off site team meeting and we had an, an outside company as we often did that would come in and do things it were their kind of team building meetings um and they bought some kind of uh, van load lorry load of huge great big sort of jamaican drums or african drums or something like that and we and they did a demonstration of it and it they were amazing. The sound, I think it kind of got in sync with our heart rate for one thing, but it was so emotional. It actually made me nearly cry. It was, I, I remember feeling really overwhelmed by the, just the power of it, the energy of it and the emotion of it. And music is like that. Music can be unbelievably emotional and, and I think spiritual. It can really, really provoke a spiritual feeling in us. Um, and we were all given the chance to play these drums together and we were sort of coached and guided and all did it together as a team building thing. And it was really, really powerful. Chanting. If you've ever been in a room where they chant the om, um, <laughs> you might think I've gone slightly mad, but just bear with me. That can be incredibly spiritual. Just the vibration and the sound and the energy and the, sh the shared energy in the room. Or you can do um, yoga can be very spiritual. So it doesn't necessarily have to be religious, although it might be. Tai Chi, for example, and judo and martial arts and things like that can be incredibly spiritual. Um, nature, as I say, and things like that. So what are you doing to let go uh, and just be spiritual? Um, do you pray, for example? And if so, who too? Because I know I definitely uh, talked to my mum who died um, a good while ago now. I lost her um, a good 12 years ago at least. Um, and I still, if I'm ever struggling or having a hard time or grateful for something or whatever, it's her and my gran and my dad and just friends and loved ones who are no longer here. Um, for me, that works for me. Um, that's my spiritual kind of um, avenue, I guess, for want of a better word for me, spirituality in that sense. And the belief that there's something bigger than just me in my own skin in this world, there's something far greater than ju just that. Um, I don't know quite what it is, but I think there is much more than just my little bit of my world and my impact and then I'll go one day and it will all be over. I believe a little bit more than that for me and it may not be for you. Silence is very spiritual. Can you sit in silence? Can you sit in silence and just enjoy your company by yourself in total silence or out in the woods in total silence? Um, reading an uplifting book can be very spiritual, for example, as well. And kindness, just acts of compassion and kindness is very spiritual and being non-judgmental and being there for people. Um, so there are many, many ways of fulfilling the spiritual side of our needs and, our, and, and 
activities that can help with that self-care. So those are, I believe, five areas of our lives. If we break them down, if we uh, break them down, are there any gaps? So do you consciously spend time looking after those five areas, all five areas? Or was there one or two perhaps where you've maybe taken your eye off the ball lately because of everything that's going on and life and da 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 da? And is this a bit of a check? Is this a bit of an MOT on the car where the mechanics looked at all vital parts of that MOT and found that there's one or two areas that need attending to? If there are then the key takeaway from today's podcast is which of the one or two areas of those five have you maybe neglected a little bit for yourself, for your self-care, and therefore make an action plan. What can you do about it? How can you address it on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a five, five minutes a day basis? Can you do these five things? So it needn't be a massive overhaul. It's just consciously building them into your life. Just five minutes on emotional well-being or five, just five minute journaling can be hugely powerful. Five minutes spirituality, just five minutes sit outside in nature. Um, go for a drive and, and find a beautiful woodland and just sit on a bench in a park or something like that. Just for five minutes is better than no minutes. Um some, you know, five minutes, read some articles, just read an article, learn something, learn some facts and something interesting or something like that. I'm not saying massively change your life upside down, although if you want to, you can. I'm just saying be aware of these five areas. And if there are gaps, then what can you do about it? And don't over promise yourself and make it an unrealistic thing. Five minutes for each of these will have a big impact. So the power of five, get your five a day, think about your five senses a day, do just five more. Um, on five seconds, you will start and break your life down into five areas and make sure you're at, uh, giving attention as much as you need to each of those five in order for the whole big picture of your life to improve in so many ways. I hope that's been helpful. If it has, please, please share it on your social media or tell your friends or send a link to your friends as an act of kindness on the emotional side and social side of things and let them know. And maybe it's an area that they will address too. So thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you have a really, really complete, fulfilled and happy week. And I will talk to you on next week's episode of Life Coaching on the Move.